it is another episode of The Honest Hour, and that means that we have another incredibly amazing and special guest with us today. This guest, I am very excited for you guys to hear from and to hear her experience and perspective on all things mental health. She is actually somebody that I've never met in person, but the connection we have and the conversations we've had feels like I've known her for years. We actually recorded this episode a few months ago, but between the time of editing and recording the episode, so much had happened in between that it didn't feel right to post that. It felt better to try it again and come from a more organic, genuine approach to what was currently going on in our lives. So with that, we are back with the episode. I am so excited to have this person on the podcast. She is so knowledgeable, so caring, amazing all around, beautiful from the inside and out. And without further ado, I am so excited to welcome Dana Ferguson to The Honest Hour. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you from the deepest parts of my heart. So welcome to The Honest Hour. I'm so excited to hear your story and your experiences. And without further ado, the floor is yours. Hello, um, my name is Dana, but you just said that. <laughs> um, yeah, so we met kind of online through your podcast. I had just kind of like found the podcast, found the Instagram account, and really, really liked it and thought that we probably had a lot in common and a lot to talk about. So I had reached out. Um, but a little bit about me, I just graduated from Waterloo. I guess I'll just give you like a, a mental health summary since I guess that's why we're here. <laughs> So growing up, I was always just like kind of anxious, kind of probably understatement. Um, I was pretty anxious. <laughs> so that I've been in like, in this kind of like realm for as almost as long as I can remember, sort of. And then it seems as I got older, my issues kind of just got, I, I don't want to say worse. I just want to say like maybe like a little deeper and a little, a uh, little more intersectionalities and things like that. So between then and now, now I, in my last year of high school, I was diagnosed with an eating disorder and I was actually hospitalized for that. So I stayed at McMaster Hospital for like a month, I think, um, and then kind of went into like rehab and recovery from there. And then I went to university and that was great because everyone in the university like eats pizza as a snack all the time. Like, I don't know if you also found that, but that's what like, that was one of the things that like almost like made me recover. Cause I was like, oh, people are just like eating pizza. Like, it's really not that big of a deal. Like, <laughs> so that was pretty good. Um, and then here I am post university and I started a job and realized that I probably have a lot of focus issues. Um, which is interesting because these kind of things never really show themselves until like adulthood and females at least. Um, so I've just learned at 23 years old that I have ADHD. I've just started some uh, meds for that. And uh, that kind of brings us here. So <laughs> that's, that's the gist. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Dana and I actually recorded this podcast I think about like a month ago, it went amazing. But the one thing that didn't feel right is Dana had gone through a lot of stuff since the podcast had been recorded. And I have also gone through a lot of stuff. It kind of felt weird to put it out there when so much has changed since. So we thought, try, let's try and give it another shot. It'll be 
are more organic because we have a lot more information to share. I mean, sometimes it takes for you to really struggle to have a lot of stories to tell, but stories help everybody and experiences help everybody. So that's why we're here again, trying again. And I'm so happy you are here. I was so excited the first time, even more so excited this time for everyone to hear your experiences and your stories because you are so knowledgeable on everything. So maybe we want to get into, we talked a bit about your um, mental health and eating and ADHD. Um, First of all, being diagnosed with ADHD at an older age can obviously be a little intimidating or um, it could be upsetting because you never thought that this was something you struggle with. And then if you also have other struggles that combined. So really, how did you feel with that diagnosis? Yeah, there was like, like you said, like a lot of things to go through. Part of it is I'm feeling really good because since I started taking the meds, like I'm seeing some progress at work and things like that. Um, But obviously there is there's good and bad to everything. Um, so just like starting with an actual diagnosis, I guess. It's interesting for someone to like have anxiety too, because my whole life, of, like every time I go to like a party or something, I'm like, oh my God, I, I was so like weird. And like, I, I get so anxious about it. And then kind of my like adult life, I've had to learn to tell myself like, no, nobody cares about you. Like <laughs> everyone just cares about themselves. No one cares if you're weird at the party. And then kind of just getting diagnosed made me understand that that is kind of weird to be like, and I guess kind of my ADHD probably just shows itself the most in like the hyperactive sense of it. Just to know that like, it's not necessarily normal to like be like going all the time. And so that just kind of made my anxiety worse. But then I just kind of had to think about like, clearly had ADHD for my entire life. It's not like it just like appeared. So the way I am, the way that I like this, like the people that love me, these parties that I'm going to, like with my friends and things like that, like it's just kind of have to remind yourself that like this is who you are and other people may not like just see it as like ADHD. Like they may just say like, oh, she's just kind of, she has a lot of energy kind of thing. It's just kind of like balancing the good and the bad. And we'll probably talk about this a lot, but um, one of the things that happened kind of between last pod and this pod was the fact that ADHD medications, they uh, take away your appetite, which seems like an okay thing for anybody who doesn't have an eating disorder. So I know some people that have ADHD and things like that, and I was asking them kind of how to get around this appetite loss. And they would say like, oh, I just kind of like set an alarm and remind myself to eat. But I think the thing with like intersectionalities is nothing is a one size fits all solution. And I think that that's what I've struggled with the most and kind of had to experiment with the most because if I don't have an appetite, just the way I am, like I don't want to put things in my body. So the last couple of weeks have been a little bit rough on the eating front, but that just means that I have uh, some tips and tricks to share, I guess, of how I've been able to kind of get myself to eat and, and things like that. Because as we know, food is fuel, and we can't just be going days without eating. 
And yeah, I just, I guess we just didn't want to come back onto this pod and say like, everything's all good and dandy when I myself had a couple weeks where I was having a lot of struggles with eating. So I guess that's, yeah, that brings us here. We're doing better. Uh, <laughs> I had a, I had a Tim Hortons donut on the weekend and it was like cheesecake. It was delicious. That's why we should all enjoy food because there's things like cheesecake donuts. And I guess that was very long, but I'm done now. <laughs> no, not long at all. We, I needed to hear it all. But first, let me say that medication can be terrifying to begin with. And we had talked about this in the last episode prior, you, I think you had just started going on the medication for ADHD or you were about to. And the one yeah. you had said you were really worried about is the possibility of it triggering your eating again, because that was something you had struggled with, you were doing really well with, and you were worried that it would revert back to those old ways. And unfortunately, it, it kind of in a way did but it was, we were also talking about this. It's amazing how you were able to recognize that this is not helping me. Although a lot of people I feel like would be pushed in the direction of, okay, this suppresses my appetite. I want to lose weight and I, this is really good for me, but it's really admirable that you were able to acknowledge this is not good for me. I don't want my appetite to be suppressed because I know of the harm it has and didn't allow yourself to kind of go back to those ways, which is great. And you said you were talking to your doctor about possibly changing it up, which is tough also because your doctor had said you'd wait the 30 days, which somebody who struggles with um, anxiety or anything like waiting, being forced to wait 30 days while you're already struggling, waiting for those days, like with what's happening, um, can be incredibly hard and, um, it's difficult to, to get through that. I'm so proud of you for knowing that this is not the best thing for you and that there are other things that you can do that could help you still. And it's amazing. Thank you. Honestly, like I just, I, I do want people to know that like, I've been in recovery for a very, very long time. When I first kind of was struggling and at my worst, I think I was 17, I believe I was going into grade 11 and now I've finished a five-year university program. So clearly I've been kind of in recovery quote <laughs> for a while now. So I know that like, it may not come this easy to people. And I don't think people should expect that it should because it is kind of like a daily struggle, but it is very, very worth it for those cheesecake donuts. <laughs> um, there's many other reasons why it's worth it as well. But basically, I think that's been the number one thing that recovery has taught me is my eating disorder is going to be kind of with me, like maybe for the rest of my life. Who knows? But I think the, the difference between kind of like being in relapse and just kind of versus like dealing with the everyday struggles of an eating disorder is like what you said, like knowing like these are irrational thoughts. Like I think recognizing and my therapist has always used to tell me this is like my therapist used to tell me to give it like a name and identity kind of like my eating disorder so that like when it's annoying and things you can be reminded like that's not you and it's not how your brain should be and you need to like actively combat and push it away, which sucks. And it's so tiring, <laughs> but that is just 
that's just life kind of thing. And if, if we don't try, then obviously we probably, some of us might not be here. So yeah, that's really just like the number one thing is knowing that like this, even though like I know this feels so good, this is unhealthy behavior. Like for example, like um, we were mentioning before that I don't take the medication on the weekends because there's nothing, like there's not a work day that I really need to focus on kind of thing. And I was noticing that I was getting hungry on the weekends. And for a week or two there, when it was getting really, really bad, I was noticing that I was kind of like feeling guilty for being hungry. I was starting to think like, maybe I should take them on the weekdays or the weekends just so that I'm not feeling hungry. But really, I think the thing that snapped me out of that is knowing that that is what I used to feel when my body was not having a good time. Like when I, when I went to the hospital, um, I was pretty much like rushed. My heart rate was just like on the floor pretty much. So, and just like my, my stomach was like growing hair, which was not a cute look, I would say. (laughs) And the fact that I was like worried about looking good in a bikini, if my stomach was like, I need to keep my body, this body cold and it was like growing hair. Um, Yeah, not cute. But so I think in those like times where I'm like, it feels very good to be hungry. It feels like just kind of all the stuff like that. Like I'm just reminded the state of my body was in when I was thinking those things before and kind of like bring and how much that made me lose in my life. Like I missed the first month of grade 11, which was like also not a cute look for me (laughs) as a person who was just like very like into school, I get like not like into school in like a, like an engineer way. Sorry to my boyfriend. (laughs) um (laughs) into school and like I want to paint my face way you know yeah so yeah just I guess just like balancing like what you've lost and knowing that there's a better life ahead even though sometimes these things can be like an addiction and they can be like they can pull you in so quick kind of thing for sure and I think it is so amazing and I genuinely like I sit here listening to you talk about this and I'm like wow I need that positivity the way you approach such a difficult situation like you're so positive and I love that that's amazing but I think that probably and you can obviously tell me correct me if I'm wrong but I think a lot of that comes from your experience. And it wasn't until you had to go through those really tough times for you to realize that there was no point in being negative about any of this. There's no point of feeling bad for myself about this. Rather, I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to be proud of it. And I'm going to not let it affect me ever again. I'm just going to always work on it and make it better, which is so amazing. I need to take so many tips from you. Um, that it's, it's beautiful how you can look at things that way, especially like being in the hospital and all like going through it to like that extent where it's that serious can be so terrifying. And the fact that you are able to take that and relate it to your experiences now and say, okay, I don't want to be in that place again. I don't want to feel the way I felt that at that time. So I can't let myself get in that negative spiral and we had talked about this earlier it is so hard to get yourself out of that negative spiral but it's even harder to like prevent yourself from starting it because you don't really like see the clues or you get blinded by the clues 
I was also experiencing issues with food for the first time. And Dana obviously was a very helpful source in that because she provided a lot of her knowledge on it and helped me to realize that I have to hit it on the head early before I let it get worse. Um, and it took time. Like it took, I'm still learning how to eat properly. I'm still learning to not deprive myself of food because I want to feel a certain way. Um, but that's only because I had heard the experiences of others. I had seen others around me affected that I was able to notice those signs. But for someone who has never experienced an eating disorder or experienced anything with their mental health or seen anybody experience it, or even if you've seen people experience it, it's so different once you have yourself. Um, it can be really hard to see those signs. And then you just find yourself trapped in it. Like me, I found myself, I didn't even know that I was entering that negative spiral of disordered eating. And then once it kind of shit hit the fan, then I was like, okay, wait, what is happening? I need to attack this problem now. And it, it takes a lot to even attack it at that moment. Obviously, you know, this is, there's not one solution that fits with everybody. We talked about this earlier. There's not one hat that fits everybody. Because you're right, like, especially kind of with the world that we live in, like, I know that we talked about this um, kind of last time on the pod, like, just an example is sometimes if someone hasn't seen you in a while and you've lost weight, like, the first compliment to come out of their mouth, it, like, someone told me, like, oh, wow, you've really slimmed down, congratulations, like, while I was kind of entering into bad stages, and it's kind of, like, obviously it's not that person's fault at all. Like it, it, they meant it as a compliment. It's just kind of the way that we've been, been brought up and like, we see things all the time and like, not to be like a down with the media, down with diet culture kind of gal, but I kind of am. <laughs> we see it. Like I used to watch the show biggest loser all the time. And like, and even like, we just see it all the time that skinnier is better. And obviously there is cases where like, like an, an overweight body isn't necessarily a healthy body either but really a healthy body is a healthy body and I just don't think we know that that's not necessarily like a size zero because that's not even kind of like a real goal that like I remember when I went to my doctors and they they were like this was kind of like before I was hospitalized and I was just like losing weight rapidly um and I told my doctor I was like well I want to get to like 105 like pounds and she was like who made that number up and I was like well <laughs> she was like that's literally just like not true and I was like well my friend is like they always and she's like okay well is your friend like five feet you're like six feet tall so you like you just have it so it's just like things like that that we never really think about because we're always just being told like skinny is better so it's kind of like even for someone who hasn't like gone to the hospital for their eating disorder like it still can be so damaging like whether it's damaging wh whether it's to the point where it's damaging to your body or if it's just like damaging to your life which is also just like really important and I think th those like little signs that you were talking about is kind of like looking at looking at ourselves and being like okay when is this kind of like impacting my life like if I were to like in my bad days if I were to like go to a sleepover with my friends or something and they're eating like chips and pizza and I bring like a carton of strawberries like 
that's kind of weird, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> so, it's, so it's like, it's, it's just kind of knowing, and my therapist used to tell me this all the time too, like food obviously is fuel, we need it for our bodies, but food is also like such a big part of life just in like a social aspect and, and things like that. And like, I'm not sure I want to live a life where I can't like go out to eat with my friends, you know, because like, there's only so many days that we get on this earth and like patios with our friends, that seems like good ways to spend things, you know, and like, in the like the past week, obviously, I've been going to a lot of patios with friends, <laughs> like everybody. And every day, when I go there, I kind of think like, oh, I'm gonna get a salad. And then I see the menu and I see my friends getting like whatever they want to get. And I'm like, I'm not going to get a salad right now. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just, yeah, it's just kind of remembering. I actually have this tattooed. It says more to life on my wrist. And it's just reminding us that, you know, just like life matters more than what that we've been, than skinniness pretty much. Like, so my, I always have this issue. My Instagram explore page, like this app knows everything about me. I know it does because it shows me targeted ads for like very, very niche interests, right? So like we, un we know that it knows everything about me. So if it knows everything about me, it should also know that like, I maybe shouldn't be seeing like, oh, get this lollipop and you can like get flat abs on my explore page or like things like that. And I guess even not necessarily just me, I guess that should not be, especially because like, such the younger generation is the ones using social media now like these girls are like 12 years old and they go on Instagram and they can't it's not even like they're searching for these things that's the thing like if you if you want to go on a diet and things like that like you that's <laughs> you do you you know like everybody is different and like if you want to search that out and do that for yourself like by all means just maybe not uh not like an unhealthy one uh, yeah just the fact that they're just like coming on instagram and just like going to their explore page and it's everywhere that's what's always kind of like bugged me a little bit especially because like when i was in the hospital there was like i was 17 but there was girls like younger than me there was girls that were like 12 there and it's just like so sad that before they even like had a chance to become themselves or to like get an identity that this was just kind of like them for, you know, like, it's just very sad. It's so hard to think that people so young can struggle with eating because you're like, what do they know about themselves? What do they know? They know nothing about food. They're so young. They barely even know. Like, I had no idea who I was until maybe this year. I still have this no year, idea. Honestly, yeah. Like, <laughs> I still have no clue who I am. Like, I don't know. I would have no clue what mental health even was back then. And to think that girls and guys, too, like, so young are in the hospital with, like, an eating disorder or struggling with their mental health is so sad. And I it makes me think that that's because social media puts those ideas in their head it puts the idea that you need to be skinny you need to do these things to be skinny and they're not educated necessarily on how to actually do it so the first thing is don't eat or whatever it may be um they see like i know a lot of movies would talk about like bulimia or anorexia and like those often put those ideas in kids head they're like oh I want to be skinny I see this person doing this I'll do this and it's so sad to think about and I wish there was a way that you could 
I wish Instagram would like filter it out and like they take things off of Instagram for like harassment and bullying, but why not take off false realities? Take off the idea that like take off this whole dieting thing. I understand that there's like healthy diets and I think there's definitely a way to go about dieting if you are to diet. But I think the things that are on Instagram are often like supplements or really quick dieting techniques, but those don't work. Like that's not how your biology works. That's the thing. And yeah, people are always like, oh, like I gained the weight back after a diet. And stuff. And it's just, it's, it's, there's a reason that your body is, is doing this, right? Like when I was like, my body was shutting down, I was still like not as skinny as I wanted to be kind of thing. And I think that like, that was why I kept going. Cause I, I didn't, I didn't see the image that I wanted to see but the thing is, is like my body just wasn't going to do that. <laughs> like it just wasn't. And that's, I think like what we all forget really is some people are just like small built kind of thing. But if you're not built like that, you can't just like force your body into shaping that way kind of thing. And I don't think that's what any sort of like diet tells you or anything like that. You're right. There is definitely like a way to diet and like eat healthy like I do want to eat healthy I do but because of the diet information that like we've been fed for so long I can't right now because it's just like such a slippery slope so I can't even like think about dieting because then I start thinking about like carbs are bad carbs like just like everything that we've been told that comes with a diet and that's kind of like what the the tricky thing is when really like I can eat healthy and have a sandwich for lunch. Oh, just just mad at, uh, at, at the world, I guess, for doing this to us. Understandable. The world definitely didn't set us up for success in the mental health side of things, um, especially with COVID. Uh, it's, it's tough. The world is so hard. One thing that you said, which is something that I always forget about, but is a really important aspect of struggling with your eating is that I don't think, at least from the experiences that I've heard from others and recently struggling with my eating, I don't think you'll ever be able to get to a point where you're satisfied with your weight. It'll always be, I want to be skinnier. I want to change this. I want to change that. And you'll never be 100% satisfied, although you may like trick your brain to think okay once I hit this 100 pounds or like you had said like 105 pounds I'm going to like I'm going to stop I'm going to be healthy once you hit that but you'll hit 105 pounds and then you'll be like okay now it's let's go to 90 pounds and then you're like okay this is insane so I don't yeah your body's just like withering away at that point like yeah and your body's not meant to be that small and also the, people may believe that like being skinny and looking a certain way is the most important thing, but that's not all that makes up who you are. And there's so much more happiness and so much more to life when you actually just do what makes you happy. And you had said this earlier, you don't want to go out with your friends and have to be thinking about what you're eating. Or I noticed like with me, I would think about, okay, how many calories do I think is in this meal? And I hated that. There's so much more happiness 
doing what you want to do rather than what you think is what you're supposed to be doing there's angel numbers and it's like two 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 I always think about it because my biggest anxiety is the path I'm on I'm not never doing the right thing and the angel numbers basically mean that the path you are on now is the path you are meant to be on and to just work Mm -hmm. with the universe rather than trying to change it I think is so big because especially with eating the weight you are at is the weight you're supposed to be at and that's just how life is and if you're unhappy with it and you want to change it and that will make you happier to change it that is completely fine just make sure you educate yourself and genuinely think about don't only think about the outcome think of science biology Mm -hmm. every aspect of it yeah what you said too but like there's just like so much more like happiness and when you're like with your friends and stuff and like I also just have noticed over the past couple years that like sometimes I look at a photo of me and my friends like at the beach or something and I like immediately I'm like oh my god like and trying to like think about what I could do to not look like that and I think when I pause and remind myself like look at that photo and remember like what happened that day remember like the laughs you had together remember like how you like you looked around and you were like oh wow I love my friends like this is so fun like because that is like when I'm like on my deathbed (laughs) that's what I want to remember and feel instead of like wow I hated that I looked like that in in a bathing suit like there's a there's an Instagrammer that I like right now and she just had a baby and I think her like a last the last caption or something that she said was my bikini goals have changed from like trying to look the smallest in one to trying to live the largest in one and I was like love it yeah love, love it, it. <laughs> and yeah and it's just so true like the relationships that we make in this life and like the experiences that we have like that's just way more <laughs> important than just kind of like how my thighs look you know like for sure. Yeah. And you, obviously, you know this, but when you're struggling with your mental health, whether it be anxiety, depression, eating, it does take you away from the world a bit. And you are in yourself and you are thinking about all these negative things. You think of the world differently. You think of experiences different, differently. But when you actually look at it from a different perspective and you say, okay, I am already losing so much from sitting and feeling bad about it when I could totally get everything back by just being okay with it and embracing it. With that, I make it better and I can actually live my life the way I want to live my life. And you do, you embody exactly that. You embody the positivity is the way to get through it. And that is so amazing. And really it's hard um having a positive outlook on everything is nearly impossible i do not like a lot of things <laughs> but it's kind of fun honestly to think of a negative thing and try and think of the positive like you're kind of playing a game with yourself and i know a lot of the time i'm like i think to myself like you're just lying to yourself you're just lying to yourself like that's not actually positive and then i have to be like okay be quiet. Um, we're got to focus here. Um, it is positive and just reminding yourself that even though, I mean, that's anxiety. Anxiety is going to tell you exactly. the right is wrong, but working with it and kind of 
beating your anxiety and being like, no, you are lying. This is actually positive. You're the negative. It's, it's life-changing and I'm definitely not very good at it. I just started doing that. <laughs> well, I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. you. And uh, I, I am not a master either. Like, and I think, I think we touched on this on the last pod that we did. Um, it's just kind of like, people are like people look at me and then they kind of find out things about me and they're like oh Dana like I never would have guessed like you're so bubbly and positive and I think it's just like like I need to be or else like I don't think I would be here kind of thing and like (laughs) you're right it is it is a nice little game to be like okay that's true but this is true and I think that's like the line of like so it's not like toxic positivity like I also don't want to be like no one has problems, everything's sunshine and rainbows, like, because it's not, and life kicks us in the ass, like, truly, just constantly, (laughs) and I, yeah, you're right, it's just, like, deciding to see the good in things, like, even if there doesn't seem to be many good in, goodness in things, you're right with what you said about, like, the track that you are on right now, there's, like, there's no other reality that's not this exact one kind of thing, yeah. Right. So it's like, yeah, this does suck. Like I am not having a good time right now, but also like, what has it given me in life that is good? What, like, what can I take out of this that will make me better moving forward? Things like that, because like, this is my life. So <laughs> if, if I'm kind of just like putting it in a negative lens all the time, which is what I want to do. Like, um, that's my, always my first thought. And you're right. That's, that's anxiety. It's like worst case scenario, fight or flight, kind of like everything is horrible. But if, yeah, if, if I don't change it around, like, I don't think I would be here. So I think I just have to keep, and all of us should just keep reminding ourselves about like the little things in life that we love about being alive and being here. And personally, like, that's just, what drives me to be like, okay, let's maybe just not be so negative for a hot minute and we can figure something out. Yeah. I mean, I cannot, it's so hard to say, be positive about everything, but I read this, I read this quote somewhere and it was like, your mind can either be your enemy or your, your biggest enemy or your bestest friend. And I was like, wow, it would be really nice if my mind wanted to be friends with me for one. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, my, I'm like, I don't know if it's me or my mind, but we just don't get along. Something about her, she's a little too sassy and negative for me. <laughs> and it makes me think like to what you said is like, I could live my life negative, but where would that get me? It'd just be making my mind my biggest enemy and I have no energy to have any enemies. I might as well have best friends. And what better best friend than your own mom? Than yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Especially because like there's there's so much more exciting things about us than our bodies. Like truly like just like knowing you for like a month and a half. Like I, I know you have so many good ideas and like and you're kind and you're driven and you're ambitious. So it's like you're right. Like there's just so much more about you than your body kind of thing your body just like takes you around places <laughs> like it's your transportation <laughs> literally 
But yeah, I totally agree. And thank you for saying all those nice things about me. (laughs) But I definitely think all those exact same things about you. And I think that is because we've been through it and we have struggled. And because of those struggles, we've actually been forced. And unfortunately, it takes for you to be forced, but we're forced to take a step back and take time to reassess ourselves and take some time for like self-care, self-love. And a lot of people don't, don't do that unless they actually start to struggle. So unfortunately for us, we've gone through breaking points to get us there. But fortunately for us, we are so strong because of it. And I say this all the time, I wouldn't nearly be half the person I am if it wasn't for my issues with my mental health, because genuinely I think that it just adds so much more to us than it takes away but obviously not everybody feels that way and obviously that isn't the case because mental health does completely take everything away from people which is so hard and I think in order to obviously I'm not a professional on it, but I think from my experiences and the experiences you've shared, I think the best way to help yourself out and to prevent your mental health from taking everything away from you, because it definitely has the power to do that. I'm not going to say definitely has the, has all the power to do that, but you have the power to prevent it from doing that. And I think it's once you recognize that you are more powerful than your thoughts and you are more powerful than your mental health, that you realize I'm not going to let this control me. And then once you take action and by no means is it easy to take action on it also, it's so hard to come to terms and it's so hard to realize this is what's wrong with me. But once you do, it's a life changer and you act on it and you work with it. And then because of that, you are resilient. You are compassionate. You are so many amazing things. And honestly, I, I wouldn't say, I mean, you are so positive and you are so knowledgeable on things and you have such a great outlook on life. And I think that that's because you struggled with so much and that's because you've been through it all. And it's, it, it sucks, but it, it works out. Yeah, that's like, that's exactly it. And I guess to like to anyone listening, like like you said, like it can be really scary and really hard to kind of alter a track that you're on. Mm-hmm. But even th- and like take it from us who know that it feels really, really good to be sick almost like because these kind of things are like an addiction and things like that. But as much as like it's feeling good, that is not reality. It's, it's whatever this is telling your body that it feels good. And we just have to remember that like, no, (laughs) maybe not. So yeah, I guess if there's like, just like anyone listening who like thinks that maybe they need some help, like take it from us, help is good. Either whether it's like professional help, like obviously like we are not professionals. We're just talking over cider like we are not (laughs) professionals but even I also find like communities like this and meeting you and things like that that has also like really really helped me to kind of understand it and to to kind of know what to do because it's motivation like I'm not going to kind of come on here and say like everyone should eat and then like we said like we both kind of had those rough couple of weeks 
So really it just like, I kind of think about like, if I had anyone in my life that I like really, really, really cared about and they were coming to me with the situation, what would I tell them? And then a therapist always told me to like, what would you tell a friend in this situation? Tell it to yourself. And that, that's honestly, like, I know it sounds so cheesy, but that has honestly been like, what, like anytime, like I can't really get a meal down or I have feeling like really like full of body dysmorphia and things like that. Like truly, like, what would you tell your best friend? And that's what we should all, I guess, take with ourselves. And like, yeah, it's not, it's not always great. Life is hard, but um, with, with help, with the people around you kind of thing, like, I believe that everyone is courageous enough to, to kind of put their life back on track. And if you're trying, like, honestly, good on you. Every, like, every progress is still progress, no matter how small it is. So, yeah. For sure. And, like, being your own best friend is so important. <laughs> yeah. I feel like life moves so fast that we never actually take a second to care about ourselves and to take a minute and just be like, how are you feeling today? I know I go about, I mean, I always try to, I'm very passionate about self-care and self-love, but I always find myself forgetting about it. I never make Mm -hmm. it a priority when I actually do take the time to make it a priority, whether it be in the morning or before I go to bed at night or in the middle of the day, just doing a little reassessment. And I lost track of that when I was struggling with like my eating because I was so focused on my eating, which is, it's hard to, when you are so focused and fixated, like you had said, it's an addiction. You are so wrapped around this one thing you lose a lot. And one thing I lost, which was what I was so passionate about was like self-love. And that's Mm -hmm. huge is learning to love yourself and being okay with yourself and accepting yourself. And even if that means sitting down and asking yourself, just sitting on your bed and saying, how are you today? Or when you wake up in the morning being like, so how do you feel right now? Or I read this article and it talked about before you go to bed, ask every part of your body how it's feeling and what it did today. And it helps you fall asleep, but it also um, makes you really aware of what's going on. So you start at your toes and you're like, what, how are you feeling today? And then you're like, well, what did you do today? It's like, okay, well, I walked around a lot. I did this. And then it's like, okay, now let's move on to your, the bottom of your feet, whatever it may be. So you just look at different parts of your body and I think not that it may seem super weird but I think over time you just become more self-aware and with that with self-awareness you can pick up on things when they're wrong a lot easier and you can tackle problems a lot better and I think there's a lot to be said about taking time and prioritizing self-love and self-care even though it may mean you disappoint people. And like, even when I hadn't posted a podcast in um, like a a while since April, I was so sad because I was like, I'm disappointing people. But it meant if it meant that I was able to put myself in a better place. And if it meant that in the future, I can, if I take this time to love myself for a few weeks, I can love people extra harder in the future, I'm I'll do it. And that is Mm -hmm. so hard to understand is that 
you need to it's so cheesy but like <laughs> love anybody until you genuinely genuinely yeah yeah especially like after the last year I think like it was very easy to have yourself get lost and then in the last year we were kind of all faced with like maybe being with ourselves a little too much yeah. <laughs> so now hopefully at least what I'm hoping is that I can take kind of like this time that I spent with myself and carry that on into the a life after whatever this was like I'm already starting to see like that I am a lot more tired now and like I'm seeing more friends and things like that so I I kind of have already started to see like me losing that time for myself so like you said like I think it's just like now that we understand how important it is almost because like we didn't really have a choice. <laughs> I hope that we, I hope that everybody can just kind of like take that with them. And like you said, if we need to say like no to people, like that's okay. And like, I think we should all like, if any of our friends like say no, like to anything, or if like, you don't even really need a reason, like just like being tired and not having the energy to do something is enough. And I think we should all just like be completely aware of that, like moving forward and just kind of lead with kindness and grace, I guess, like as we get back into things. Yeah. Getting back into things after COVID can be very scary for a lot of people, especially people who may have been more introverted before COVID and now COVID just accelerated that introvert Um, or for people who have are really social like this could like I I tend to be like a very social person and um I'm terrified to go into big mm-hmm. and start talking to lots of people again and it's really scary so like you had said take it easy on everybody it's hard for everybody everybody's going through their own hard stuff so you got to be easy on people life is not meant to be so hard like we yeah it's definitely made out to be hard but it doesn't need to be life you're supposed to live life and love it and you're going to you said this earlier like even when you're on your deathbed like what are you thinking about you're thinking about you're not thinking about like what you used to look like how skinny you want to be like are you thinking about like oh are my collarbones showing on my like well I'm dying like no you're not (laughs) you're thinking about the ones you love the memories you made the experiences you shared like all those things and if you do not allow yourself to see the positive and embrace life and honestly though but like I say all this but I probably cry every day I oh I definitely cry every day yeah I say all this and like I cry all the time I'm an emotional disaster but I'm work this is something I'm working on is that I'm learning to love life and just embrace mm-hmm. it as it comes and I'm not good at it I'm pretty negative still but it, it's over time and it's a process but do you have any tips to share for anybody or like any advice that you wish you could give yourself that you'd give others? Hmm. I do love that. Um, I think like maybe I'm talking in circles, but really I just like something that I know is to just like think about the love that I have in my life and just like <laughs> my boyfriend is always like joking about this because I'm always like, I have no friends. And he's like, that's actually like 
a, a lie. Like, that's just, like, a straight-up lie. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I think, like, if we, yeah, if we just remember, like, life, hap like, life is just, like, this big and messy thing, and, like, nothing really, like, happens for a reason, and I like to say, like, nothing matters, so, like, everything matters. Like, we are literally floating on a rock in space, nothing matters so that means that like why not just like treat everything like it matters so just like yeah I guess it's it's much easier to take care of other people than it is to take care of yourself that is like definitely something that I'm struggling with but I think like we've said is just like we really have to remind ourselves that like this uh this is our world you know like it I don't think this is true, but maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm dreaming all of this, like, maybe, <laughs> so it's just, uh, like, in, in not a selfish way, but I think that people that struggle with putting themselves first, like, I don't think they struggle with, like, being selfish, you know, like, so that's, <laughs> so it's definitely, like, just remind yourself that you matter as much as the people you love matter, and I think that that's, like, the, the thing that I'm reminding myself I'm always thinking like when I when I was thinking like in those bad couple weeks like a couple weeks ago I was thinking like oh I cannot go back to the hospital I cannot go back into relapse because like I cannot put the people I love through that and I think a turning point for me was when I realized like I can't put myself through that and I think that needs to be like motivation enough kind of like it's great that I have motivation to like not hurt the people around me and things like that but I guess at the end of the day like we we, do, we all just need to find something for ourselves that gets us through and like things like that and yeah it shouldn't be other people that keep us alive I guess even though other people are like the best part of life so I know that's a little uh <laughs> catch 22 there but yeah you you are important that's what I'll leave with I guess I love that I definitely agree with you on everything you said and I think that's a big thing that's often forgotten with mental health is you forget that people around you love you and there are so many people around you whether you think you are alone or not you are never alone I am always available Dana's always available we love yes. having conversations and it's so important to not only appreciate those around you and love those around you and care for them, but also it's far more important to love yourself and care for yourself. And you won't ever be able to love somebody to the full extent or care for somebody to the full extent until you can genuinely do that for yourself. And it takes time. It's a process. But even if it means a minute a day just to ask yourself how you are or um, doing your skincare routine or going for walks and just clearing your mind, just taking time for yourself can a little goes a long way in that sense. And also going back to the selfish thing, I, I don't think anybody, I mean, there's selfish where you are genuinely just not in a good way, selfish. And then there's selfish where it's okay to be to put yourself before others and it's so exactly. hard to remember that is that you can put yourself before others and no one's gonna hate you for it you'll only thank yourself for it and caring when you when you are going through things and you are maybe having really negative thoughts and you can't handle your 
um, thoughts, thinking about or putting it into the shoes of somebody else saying, okay, if this was my best friend that was doing this to themselves or thinking this way, what would I say to them? And that's huge because if you are somebody that can't be selfish and cares so too much, like you never care too much, but cares a lot about other people, maybe putting it into other someone else's shoes will allow you to understand it better and feel better about it or actually like change it. I feel like I never took the time to love the company and myself. I always wanted any, anybody else's company. I never wanted to be alone. I always wanted everyone else. And I never took the time to actually love the company and myself. So how could I ever appreciate the company of somebody else? Sometimes like if I'm having a bad night, my first instinct will be like to text my boyfriend and say like, can you come over? And then like a second, second instinct is to say like, Dana, why don't you just like take a night by yourself and like do the things that you like and watch a basketball game and like do things that are going to make you happy and just like enjoy your own company like you said so yeah it's like I guess I guess the whole point of this pod is that we're telling you that life is a tricky balance but uh you will get there you will get there and it won't always feel balanced but the best we can do and yeah we can only do our best so yeah I guess uh if anyone is looking for balance like you said we are not professionals but if you want to chat about I don't know what really anything if you need to get some of your tests we're we are we're here yeah we are definitely both open to any conversation talking to Dana we haven't even met in person yet (laughs) have created such a strong relationship by just being open and vulnerable with ourselves um I'm very grateful for that and you never know how much you can never know what you can get out of being vulnerable. Like I, we talk about our mental health struggles and then you have a friendship out of that and it's so nice. And yeah, Dana and I are both here for anybody listening. And I think all, like Dana had said, all we were trying to say was that we go through our shit, stuff happens, life sucks, and it's really, really tough. But you only get out of life what you put into it. And if you put your best effort in a positive attitude, that's what you'll get in return. Yeah. Energy flows where attention goes. I love that. I know that is so cheesy. That's that's kind of the theme. (laughs) Oh, I almost got that tattooed. My friends almost like really would have made fun of me for that, but it's just so true. So true. I love that. I think I'm going to write that down, but I think that is all. Dana, thank you for coming on the podcast I second time's the charm but I am so excited for this one and we're finally finally getting it done and yeah you're amazing I'm so incredibly proud of you I have about spe- you have a special place in my heart always and thank you that is what I think about you as well I'm, I'm so proud of you for for kind of for getting the help you need and things like that so as well you have a special place in my heart and I'm really really happy that we did this <laughs> amazing thank you okay bye everyone okay bye